Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. So in the early 2000s, I read the Tom Wolfe novel, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Never thought that would come up in a sermon. But years ago, that was something that I read that I thought was wonderful. There's this famous line in the novel where Ken Kesey, if you're familiar with Ken Kesey or you're not familiar with Ken Kesey, he wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the book, but he had this expression, you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. You're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Kesey used this metaphor for the merry pranksters in the late 1960s. You're either going to stick with us and you're going to be part of the experience that's going on, or you're off the bus and you're going to have nothing to do with us. Being on the bus actually defines what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And staying on the bus is the most difficult whenever we are forced to go through long seasons of waiting. And I know that a lot of you in here right now, some of you from personal conversations, some of you from conversations on the counseling level, and others of you that I don't know what's going on in your life right now specifically. You're in a season of waiting about something. For the last eight weeks, we've been in a series titled Unstoppable Church. We've been in the book of Acts. Andy was here last week. I had an amazing vacation. I feel very rested. But God has started in the last couple weeks to really deal with me with a message out of my, my quiet time, and that's often whenever they're the best, whenever God really speaks to uh, pastors in their quiet time, and a message comes out of that, and I thought, okay, well, eventually we're going to have to take a break with Unstoppable Church, and I'm going to gonna have to teach this. But on the way home from the beach, Beth was actually driving at the time. I wrote the entire sermon in about 15, 20 minutes, and I just knew it was something that I needed to share this Sunday. So we're taking a break. We'll be back in Unstoppable Church, back in the book of Acts next week. But I'm going to ask you, if you do happen to have your Bible, if you will, turn to Mark chapter 5. You can also view it up here on the screen. But something that I don't do often enough, and I'm cool with you guys using your phones, getting on the screen, but I want to I challenge you, if you do have a hard copy of the Bible, to bring it to church. There's just something about having a copy in your hand that is really, really special. And if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, just approach me after service. We'd love to make sure that you have one. There's no shame in that whatsoever. We'd like to to put a copy of the Old Testament, the New Testament in your hand so you can have that for purposes of study and things like that. But otherwise, you can follow up here on the screen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at these five verses, 21 through 25, and then I'm going to take a pause, and then I'm going to go back to some scripture in just a minute. So this is what we're going to start. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 21. This is an incredible story. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. 
When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him. See, Jesus has done a lot of healings at this point early in Mark. My daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and lived. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. All right, so I'm going to take a pause right there for just a second. This story that, that follows, this story of, of, of Jairus' daughter, is one that has captivated me and been important to me for many years. In fact, I've preached on this particular story several times, including preaching on this story since I've been here. So in verse 25, we see that this woman has an issue of blood and she's been bleeding for 12 years. The doctors can't help her. She's been rejected by her people. And because of the, uh, the Mosaic law, she's considered to be ceremonial, ceremonially unclean, so no one can even get around her. But on this day, she pushes herself through the crowd. Some of you are familiar with this story. She pushes herself through the crowd. She touches the hem of his garment. She touches his clothing, and she's healed. If I were going to go into this story today, you would get a tremendous amount of details that I'm leaving out. But this is not the story that I'm going to tell today. Because, because as close as I've paid to this story over the years, whenever I've looked at it, I've completely missed this beautiful story of Jairus that is tucked in here. So, pausing for just a second, the story uh, that is to follow that's going on here that it, with what we see is that there, there is this man, uh, this dad, Jairus, who is trapped in the crowd and delayed. He fears his daughter's life, and he wants to see her healed. So he's going behind Jesus. The crowd is just wrestling everywhere, trying to get close to Jesus. This is exciting because of all of the healings. And then all of a sudden, Jesus um, is touched by this woman who needs this healing after 12 years of bleeding. And this is often where we focus. So we're going to go a little bit further, and we're going to look further at the story of uh, Jairus. So we're going to go down to verse 34 now, and we're going to finish out the chapter at verse 34. So Jesus responds after she's, she's uh, touched the hem of his garment, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. And Jairus is probably thinking at this point, well, that's all great and good, and I can't believe I've just witnessed this, but what about me? So while Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers came from the synagogue leader's house, Jairus, saying to him, your daughter has died. So in the midst of this healing, this miraculous story that we all tell over and over and over again, it seems that Jairus has missed his opportunity or his blessing. Why bother the teacher any longer? If your daughter's already passed away, why bother him any longer? But Jesus overheard the report and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. Don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him any further except for Peter, James, and John, James's brother. They came to the synagogue leader's house, and he saw a commotion with the people crying and wailing loudly. You can imagine how you would feel in this moment if this was your niece or a little girl from the community that you knew so well, and you had seen this suffering going on, and then all of a sudden she has passed away. 
He went in and said to them, what is all this commotion and crying about? The child isn't dead. She's only sleeping. And he's able to say this with so much calm patience. They laughed at him, but he threw them all out. Then taking the child's parents, and can you imagine witnessing this? Taking the child's parents and his disciples, because he wants to teach them, he went to the room where the child was, taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talita kum, which means, young woman, get up. Suddenly, the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were shocked. He gave them strict orders that no one should know what had happened. Then he told them to give her something to eat. If you've been dead for a little while, I guess you might be a little hungry. All right, so they made sure that she had something to eat. So hidden in our story today is Jairus, a man who also reached out in bold faith, but had to wait. A person that had to wait. We don't know a tremendous amount of details about his life, but there is something here that I need to make sure as you leave today is understood. And it's this. There is something that happens in the waiting that simply cannot be produced in the receiving. There is something that happens when we are waiting on God that cannot happen and cannot be produced in the good moment whenever we're actually receiving. Some of you that are in this room right now that are waiting on your marriage to work out. You're waiting to hear what the doctor says. You're waiting on what is going to happen the next time you have to go to court. You know that God has called you to do something, but you're still waiting on the opportunity. You've been told that you're going to get better from a particular affliction that you have, and you're waiting. Some of you are waiting for your kids to come home. Some of you are waiting for that family member to be willing to reconcile, to make the relationship the way that it should be. There are some of you today that have questions. Some of you are becoming very, very impatient with a process. And some of you, quite frankly, you're just coming unglued. There are some of you in here right now that are just coming unglued because here it is. We all want to receive. We all do. We all want to receive the blessings of God, but no one wants to wait. No one wants to wait. So we all want to receive, but no one wants to wait. A few things that Jesus is teaching us through Jairus today, and please make sure that you get this and you learn how to apply it. The first is this, God's timing is not your timing. Now, I know that you've heard this, a lot of you, a thousand times before in your life. And it can even come across as a bit superficial. Whenever you're going through something that is really hard and people tell you that are seasoned in the faith, well, you know, God's timing is not your timing. And you're thinking, I've heard this my entire life. Please shut up. I get it. But have you ever really lived in to what that means? 
This is what verse 24 says. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. So you know that if your daughter is suffering, you know that if you've had the boldness to step out, the last thing that you need is a crowd crowding in on you. You've been in crowds before. And you know that if you're trying to get from point A to point B, it is slowing down the direction that you're trying to go. So some of you feel as if you deserve answers today. God, why aren't you? I should know. You feel, I'll even use this word, entitled. You've been in church for a long time. You've heard about the goodness of God. You've been a Christian for a long time, and you're saying, God, I want answers, and I need them now as if it's on your watch. The best piece of advice that I can give you today is this. Get over yourself. You are not the author. You are the story. You are not the pilot. You are the cargo. There is another pilot. There is another author. And you do not get to control or to determine. And if you try to force yourself out of the waiting, you're going to destroy everything around you. There are important things that are happening in the waiting that we must see. Because when Jairus sees this woman of 12 years healed, he's not saying at this point, because he doesn't know anything about his daughter being dead yet, he's not saying, okay, well, that's great. Now, now can we get to my daughter? He said, did you just see that? That is amazing. He may have even known in this small community who this woman was. There are things that are happening in the waiting that we may need to see. And it may not seem fair to some of you. It may not seem right that Jairus is having to wait. But she's healed right away. Because sometimes we see people in our lives go through breakthroughs. And we're really concerned and we're really upset because it's not us. Are you guys with me today? But I want you to keep something in mind. This woman of 12 years, she fought through the crowd too. And we don't know how long it took her to get there. And I want you to keep this in mind, those of you that have been suffering for a few days, those of you that have been suffering for a few years, she was suffering for 12 years. That's a wait. And it just so happens that this was her moment. So Jairus is standing there and he's watching this and he just can't believe it because there is something that happens in the waiting that simply cannot be produced in the receiving. Some of you are waiting and praying desperately for your wife or for your husband to accept Jesus. Some of you are waiting desperately for this next, next big thing to happen in your life. But there is something that happens in the waiting that simply cannot be produced in the receiving. So imagine this dad's anxiety. This is Father's Day. 
So we can think about this and we can envision this and we can picture what this looks like. Imagine this dad's anxiety. But he knew this. He recognized this. The only hope for his daughter was through following Rabbi Jesus. But I think in this moment, you see, because we make it about the daughter. But I think there's something deeper going on. Because in this moment, Jairus recognizes that the only hope for him is following Rabbi Jesus. You see, when we are waiting, and when we are going through the process of God's timing, there is a work that is happening within you. There is something that is going on within us. And the other person, the other part of the factor, the other part of the situation doesn't even really matter. It's what God is birthing and making new within you. This knowledge came through the crucible moments of waiting. Now I want you to hear this today. Because you want to avoid it. You need the push. And you need the tug. And you need the discomfort of the crowd. You need it in your life. And for those of you with social anxiety that can't even be in a crowd because it absolutely drives you crazy, this is even harder. And of course, this is a metaphor. But the push and the tug and the slowing down of the process. It feels like a lot of times in ministry, I feel like I have these amazing ideas and I'm taking a step forward and then God forces me to take two steps back. Wait, slow down, Matt. There are things that I need to do within you before it's time for this particular season. It's all occurring. It's all happening in the waiting you see, fighting through the crowd produces patience. Fighting through the crowd produces resilience. Fighting through the crowd produces endurance. And this is all part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in this moment, he doesn't know he's learning this. But Jairus is learning this in this exact moment right now. This is the second thing that he's being taught. And this is really important for some of you because you're convinced you have faith. And I'm going to differ just a little bit because I want you to hear this. You cannot be afraid and trust at the same time. It's not possible. They don't work together. All right? So if you feel like you're afraid all the time, if you feel like you're overwhelmed by your circumstances... If you feel like there's no possible way that you can get through it, you are not trusting. It's not happening. You cannot trust and live in fear at the same time. Jairus decides to step out and trust, risking his reputation. Just a little bit of background, really quick. In short, if you are a synagogue official or a synagogue leader, you are responsible for the decorating, the cleaning, making sure that you are taking care of the synagogue. He is not a Jesus follower. He's a good Jew, 
But he is not a Jesus follower. So what he is doing is he is stepping out in faith beyond his fear, beyond his reputation. And Jesus sees this faith. He also finds himself in this critical moment that pertains to faith that so many of us also find ourselves in. You can't doubt God through fear and trust God through faith at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. This is what the passage tells us. While Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers, this is the woman with the issue of blood, messengers came from the synagogue leader Jairus' house. Everybody's there. They're trying to console this family. They're trying to be there for the little girl. The little girl is probably scared to death. We don't know exactly what is going on with her, but all of these people are there. And they say to Jairus, your daughter has died. We know that you tried to go find Jesus. We know that it took a long time. We know that it was a process of waiting, but we're afraid to tell you that in this process, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? You see, they're not condemning Jesus because they know what he can do. They've heard what he could do. They've seen what he could do. By this point, it might have already been back to them what he had just done through a miracle. But there's nothing that he can do at this point. But you need to hear this in your soul right now. You need to hear this in your heart, and you need to hear this in your life. But Jesus overheard the report. Jesus overheard in that moment and said to the synagogue leader, and this is what he's saying to you today, please understand if your marriage is on the rocks. Please understand if you are financially struggling. Please understand that if you are so full of depression or anxiety, or some kind of struggle, and you feel like you can't get out of the bed, that these words are still whispered today. Don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. And maybe some of you need to make a note. You need to write it down. As you go to work, as you work through your marriage, as you work through the difficulty with your teenager, all of these things that you're going through every day, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. Don't be afraid, just keep trusting. Things seem grim. I don't know the outcome. I don't know what this is going to look like. This is really scary. Don't be afraid. This is Jesus talking. Do you really have real faith? Are you exercising something beyond cognitive awareness? Are you throwing your entire being at this reality? Because if you are, there is no fear. There is no fear. When you are trusting, and when you are settled, and when you know the work that God is doing, you're able to trust. And this is what he is teaching in this moment. So Jairus, he's got a decision to make. There's something that he has to do. He can be overwhelmed with fear and anger and grief because of the delay, because of the waiting that is going on, or he can step into a new, deeper place of faith that Jesus is calling him to. Now, there are some of you that are in the room today, and you have a decision to make today. You can be overwhelmed with fear and with anger 
and with guilt and grief and all of these emotions because of the delay, because of the frustration, because of the waiting, and because you simply can't understand it because it doesn't fall into your timing. Or you can step into a newer and deeper place of faith that Jesus is calling you into today. Some of you that are in this room, you just have amazing callings on your life. You have territory that God wants you to step into that because of a secret sin or because of fear or because of what other people will think or because of insecurities or because of your fear that you can't live up to the expectation, you are not stepping into. For some of you, Jesus is saying, today's the last day that you're going to wait. For others of you, God is saying, the waiting is just beginning. And for others of you that are kind of in the middle of it, you have to learn what it means to continue. You can't be afraid and trust at the same time. And this is one of the reasons why. And this is the impact of culture. And I want to make sure that you hear this. Most people who are trying to follow Jesus through the crowd, the exact same way that Jairus is, is trying to hold on. You know, he's trying to hold on. All these people are just like, please come save this person. Please come save this person. Are you really the son of God? Are you really this? Are you really that? As he's trying to hold on, please hear this. Most people get lost in the crowd. A lot of people are overwhelmed by the crowd. Most people get frustrated with the crowd. There are a lot of people, see, the crowd is also noisy. So a lot of you, you're listening to so many people that are in the crowd that you get lost and you let go in the waiting. And so many people leave their faith. So many people depart from who Jesus is because they're simply not willing to go through the waiting. And because of the frustration of the waiting, waiting, they end up following the crowd instead of Jesus. And I'll say it again. There are some of you in this room, you've got a calling on your life. God wants to do, I, I'm just becoming more passionate about the work that God wants to do in the lives of our teenagers in this church. And the work that God wants to do in the lives of some of you that are in this church. But you are so overwhelmed by the noise of the crowd. Now the crowd, you're fine on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, the crowd is so overwhelming. And the crowd is so loud that you get lost. And this is the last point that I'll make today. And this is for those of you that need a breakthrough today. Because there are some of you in here that need the Holy Spirit to just completely invade what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your life. And this is for those of you that need a breakthrough through today, and you're also willing to step out and receive it. You see, Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The question is, will you step beyond that fear and step into this boldness? So this is the last one. Sometimes the wait is for the purpose of exceeding expectations. It's not for the purpose of giving you what you've been waiting for. It's for the purpose of giving you what you never could have dreamed of. And that's why you're waiting.
And that's why you're going through these moments that feel so difficult. Get this. People believed at this stage that Jesus could heal. They had seen that. Some had witnessed that. But nobody at this point believed Jesus could raise someone from the dead. This is the first time it happened. It's going to happen a couple more times. And then eventually, you know, Jesus is going to raise from the dead. But this is the first time right here. So people know that he can heal. People think that's amazing. He can't raise someone from the dead. In this situation, Jesus took his abilities to the next level. And in your life today, I promise, I'm certain of this. May God strike me dead in this moment. That he wants to take his abilities to the next level in your life. And your waiting is not wasted. It is not wasted. There is work that is going on in this waiting. And it's time for some of you to step out in boldness today. He went in and he said to them, What's all this commotion and crying about? The child isn't dead. She's only sleeping. Taking her hand, and I think this is such a special moment, he says to her, Talita kum, which means young woman, get up. And suddenly, can you imagine this dad? Can you imagine this mom? Suddenly, Mark loves this. Mark loves immediately and suddenly. He uses it constantly in his short gospel. Suddenly, the young woman got up and she began to walk around. She was 12 years old and they were shocked. As a result here, or our result here, isn't Jesus healing a sick girl? It's Jesus raising a dead girl. We've seen the healings. He's not healing someone who is sick. He is raising someone who is dead. He goes the extra mile. He exceeds expectations. If you will, Jesus shows off and says, this is what I'm about. And this is what I can do. And what is it that you need to be able to do? Don't be afraid. Only belief. Only trust. No one knows what your family dynamic looks like but you. No one knows what your work situation looks like but you. No one knows the difficulty of your home life when closed doors and everything looks perfect on Instagram and Facebook and all over social media and the smile that you're able to put on whenever you walk into this room. But some of you are suffering Don't be afraid. Only believe. Only trust. Our result here is this. Raising from the dead. But this is my ultimate belief. Healing Jairus' daughter was actually only a bonus. You say, well, no, Matt, this is what the story is about. It's only a bonus. First, Jesus needed to heal Jairus. So as he's going through the crowd, and he continues to follow, 
and he continues to trust, and he continues to believe, there is something going on within this synagogue official. There is something that is going on within this temple leader that is building and refining and making a man of God. And you know, we don't know what happens. We don't know what happens to Jairus' daughter. We don't even know her name. We don't even know what happens to Jairus. But my belief is that they became some of the greatest disciples and greatest followers with one of the greatest stories that you can ever imagine. There is something that happens in the waiting that cannot be produced in the receiving. It simply can't. I have inner pain and difficulty. And I have things that I worry about that I go through that I do not share with very many people. And there are things that I wonder, times that I wonder, is this particular situation ever going to get better? Or is it ever going to end? Toward the end of 2021, it was pretty rough. The unlock screen on my phone is a picture of the, the big tree located in Rockport, Texas. The tree is at least a thousand years old, but probably closer to 2,000 years old. So way before the United States of America, Native American rituals, pirates were actually hung uh, from this tree, a tremendous amount of history. So whenever I open up my phone, this tree is the very first thing that I see. The big tree has survived at least 40 hurricanes, as well as floods, fires, fierce winds, and in 2011, a drought that was so bad that firefighters had to use thousands of gallons of water to keep it alive. But despite all these things, it's still standing. When I'm in a place of deep struggle, that I think sometimes it's, it's a unique struggle that I think sometimes only a pastor can know, I will look at this tree and I will tell myself that because I'm holding on and because I'm following and because I'm willing to wait, I will be standing at the end of the day. This is the life of the follower of Jesus. Not this fluff where you come to church on Sunday morning, you make a commitment that's, that's, that's barely even followed through halfway down the road. You're back into your, your lifestyle, your music, your phone, your, your, your all, all of your stuff. And by Monday or Tuesday, that dread and that hurt and that pain and all of those distractions, the wrong people, the wrong situations, at some point, 
What's happened to some of you is you've lost sight of Rabbi Jesus and the crowd has swallowed you up. I wonder what you're going through today. If you can't keep your head above the water financially, you have broken, difficult relationships in your life, you're just hurting. And you wonder when a particular situation is going to be better. On this Father's Day, I think about a dad following a man he didn't know getting slowed down by the crowd with the hope of saving the little girl that he loved. I will close with this today. Jairus said to Jesus, My daughter's about to die. She's going to die, Jesus. I don't know how much time she has left. Please, this is faith. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and lived and live. Here's the key part. So Jesus went with him. Today, you may see yourself and say, I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this situation. I don't know how these circumstances are ever going to improve. But Jesus, I need you. So Jesus goes with you. I don't know how my marriage is ever going to improve. I don't know how my job situation is ever going to work out. I feel like I'm supposed to step into this calling, but I don't know how to do it. I feel like I should have opportunities at Believer's Church, and I'm not getting those opportunities yet. Please, what do I do? So Jesus goes with you. And in your darkness, and in your struggles, and in your fear, and in those lonely moments, He goes with you. How close? He's closer than close. He's here in this moment in which the chaotic silence feels as if there is no presence. He is here today. When you hurt and call upon Jesus, He goes with you. And the timing and the waiting is all in His hands. Thank you, Jesus. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed today, some of you that are in here right now, you need to voice this today. This is what some of you that are in here right now, this is what you need to voice today. I will continue to wait. Because I value what you're producing within me. I will continue to wait. 
because I value what you are producing within me. I will continue to wait because I value what you're producing within me. If it's a sickness, if it's a relationship struggle, if it's mental health related, if it's addiction related, if someone close to you is hurting, if it's something going on with someone that you're here with today, what I'm going to invite you to do as we close is take it to Jesus at the altar today. Just come up and bring it to him. And the only thing that you need to tell him is I will continue to wait. And he will go with you. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Father, again for your your love for us. And Father, that you're not broken the way that we are that you're not damaged the way that we are, and that you not only see us in this waiting, Father, but you see us in the receiving. You see us on the other side of this valley that some of us feel like we've been walking through for so long. And God, I pray as we consider the broken relationships in our lives, as we consider the struggles that we have, as we throw our hands up and just say, is this ever going to get any better? Father, I pray today that you help us to recognize, but more importantly, embrace the work that you are doing in the waiting. Father, I pray that you break our hearts with a spirit of conviction that goes so far beyond the doors of this church and carries us through the week as we seek to live out the truth of your story. We lift you up and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.